0: This COVID-19 pandemic has been some of the darkest times for those in the world and the cleaning industry and facility management industry. With us today are two leaders of two associations that are going to tell us what they have done in response and what they see as far as the future of their organizations and for our industry in general. We have Don Gilpin, the president and CEO of IFMA and also John Barrett, the executive director at ISSA. Let's talk to them. So gentlemen, you both represent key industry associations and your members look to you for direction and guidance. When the pandemic began, what were your behind the scenes strategies that you feel your members would appreciate knowing about? And John, let's start with you on this one.
1: Sure. You know, Jeff, um, no one was ready for this. And then God knows we weren't either, but the decision that we made in 2019 proved to be pivotal and that was to merge GBAC into ISSA. I mean, this was a freestanding not-for-profit trade association. And um, they came to us looking for a broader platform through which to help educate people around infectious disease. And um, you know what they say, Don, better lucky than good, right? Right. But uh, I think that was probably one of the most pivotal things we did Um, But I think there was a second thing. I think the second thing was uh, our board of directors decided to supercharge our government relations function. And I don't want you to think that was unimportant to us in the past, but it didn't receive the level of investment it does now. And I think the board's wisdom to do that again in 2019 uh, proved pivotal because we we have been front and center Uh, shaping legislation ever since.
0: And what about you folks, Donick, at at IFMA?
2: Yes, well, um, John is right that none of us were really prepared for this, but some of the -the behind-the-scenes strategies that we took was, number one, we immediately created what we called a rapid response task force. We were inundated with content, some of it true, some of it not, about COVID-19, and we were all grappling with this worldwide pandemic and just this waterfall of of cascading issues within the built environment. Um, So this rapid response task force was a group of subject matter experts who actually vetted all of this information that's coming from every corners of the world about, no, this is what COVID-19 is. No, this is the best protocol. And from that rapid response task force, we had the comfort level that we had health professionals, we had facility management professionals, people from the cleaning industry, HVAC, um, et cetera, do, were doing that vetting for us. And the byproduct of that was a resource center that Ithma immediately uh, put up on our, our website prominently front and center. And this was a resource center that was visited by tens of thousands of facility managers around the world um, from February and even till now. So, some of the behind-the-scenes uh, information that that I would like to share with with the community and with the membership is that that quick response, that rapid response task force, and then our COVID resource center was um, was something that was very well received.
0: Yeah, great work from both your organizations. Let's talk about uh, the darkest moments. Your association's darkest moments in the past eighteen months. Uh, what would you say they, they were and how did you turn it around? And John, let's start with you.
1: I think in some respects, Jeff, you know, it continues to be dark as families grapple with um, illness and death. You know, that, that is something that we've had to sort of come to terms with. And it's ongoing and it's very, very troubling. And I think about it every day, to be frank. Um, but, but from the business standpoint, everybody in my position on other organizations that are not for profits, but businesses, too, had to grapple with the economic reality of what this meant. And for an awful lot of organizations, it meant layoffs, you know, and, and I think one of the best decisions we made was not only did we not lay off people, um, but we had it significantly to our staff. And we were able to do so because of the strength of our association and the support of our board of directors. But that was a pretty bold thing to do when revenues were tanking, quite frankly, there wasn't gonna be a show. Um, I really, really, really am proud of that decision.
0: And how about you, Don? What did you folks uh, face and, and do?
2: Well, in this term again, IFMA and ISSA experienced similar things, um, the 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 lack of our trade show and conference certainly was a frightening time for us. It was a time for extreme uh, belt tightening, um, but we quickly pivoted to a virtual conference. That um, it's it's not the same. Let's just be let's just be honest about it. It's not the same, but it served a, a purpose. During the pandemic, and I think that a hybrid application is, is here to stay moving, moving forward. Um, but back to something w- that may have been um, considered the darkest point actually turned out to be one of my most proud. And that is the, the IFMA team, the IFMA staff. When we did see um, our financial situation and, and forecasted that I did have the difficult, um, conversation with my team, that it was paramount. It was so important to me personally that much like ISSA that IFMA would not um, terminate or furlough one of our our team members. Everyone has a family to support. Everyone has their own career and their livelihood. And that was so important to me. So what I did do is, is quite frankly, I went hat in hand to my staff and asked for a temporary pay reduction to get us through the scariest point. And and I have to tell you that um, not one staff person um, had one comment other than, we're here for you. We're going to do what we can to get us through this pandemic and we're going to make it work. And they did. It was one of my most proud, proudest moments to lead a team such as that. Um, Wonderful group of individuals, just like the ISSA staff. These are, are world-class individuals. Um, and then, not to leave it on a, a sad note, but some of our, our darkest times were actually losing loved ones. We did lose Ifma members to this, this virus. Uh, and it was extremely hard to send out those announcements to our membership about some of the, the members and, and loved ones of members uh, from this pandemic. Uh, and... I pray that, that we get behind this as soon as possible. Um, Just not only for the the economic, but for the the spiritual health of of this community and the world. Yeah. We all
0: hope that happens soon. Great comments. Let me ask this question and we'll start with you, Don. Uh, What was your toughest decision you had to make during the pandemic? And it may be somewhat of what you already said, but what do you think?
2: Sure. Sure. Well, uh, doing the number crunching was kind of scary at at one point um, in in early 2000, and that the tough decision was to really come up with a, a a plan to approach how we're going to continue delivering goods and services for our members, how we're going to pivot and, and push out information that they're they're looking to us. To, to rake up for them. Quite frankly, the the, the members and the F- FM community at large were burning up our phone lines. We need help. We need information. Um, so that was that was something that that we we pulled together for that community. Um, the most most difficult decisions was actually going to my staff and, and asking them for that three month uh, period of time where they voluntarily uh, took a a pay cut just to get us through. Um, thankfully, we were able to repay our stamp later in the year when our financial situation improved. But um, those were not fun times.
0: No. Well, your darkest moment led to your toughest decision. That makes sense. John, anything to add to that?
1: You know, Jeff, Lee Trevino famously talks about going to the golf course and betting $20 when you only have 10 in your pocket. Look, it wasn't exactly like that for us. But I think I think when I look back on sort of these sort of key moments, right? um, It all comes down to one thing. And that is, do you believe in your organization? We do. I know Don does, we do. And number two, are you comfortable with risk? And and not, you know, market risk, because market risk is out of your control by definition but are you comfortable betting on your people? And I think for both of us, that's a, that's a bet we'd make time and time again.
0: Very true. Um, let's talk about some of your best decisions you've made during the pandemic and those that have lasting impact. So, John, anything there?
1: So, okay, our best decisions, I think there were three of them, Jeff, and, and they're pretty easy to identify. One... Um, getting behind the GBAC initiative and all that's become. uh, Number two, partnering with Informa to produce events all over the world. And number three, uh, partnering with Don because because their organization is deeply revered. Uh, And I've always sort of felt like the demand for our services was derived from the demand for their services. And the fact that we have found a way to genuinely cooperate in a way we have never, ever done before um, is super gratifying.
0: Yeah, How about you, Don?
2: Yeah, I have to reiterate, reiterate what John mentioned. There's power in partnerships and this pandemic displayed it uh, in, in full light. Uh, we could not have gotten through this pandemic and we certainly look forward to, to working with, uh, ISSA again. We couldn't have gotten through this without partners like ISSA. Um, the, the GBAC Stars Facility Certification was something that, again, the facility manager uh, found great value in. And um, moving forward, I think that the, the sky's the limit with regards to partnership uh, with with ISSA and, and all like-minded organizations. Uh, we have we have a lot of work to do. Uh, We have a a society that's looking to the facility manager and the cleaning industry to make these built environments, these occupied spaces, healthier and safer. Um, There's going to be this notion of of carbon neutrality and sustainability and resilience. We all need to work on this together. We can't work in a vacuum. So um, I sound like a broken record but this notion of partnerships, is so important uh, to to trade associations that touch that built environment.
1: Really, you really struck a nerve. You know, when when things got rocking with this pandemic, the, the original sort of thought process was risk mitigation. How do I mitigate my risk? How do I mitigate my risk, you know? And that pretty quickly gave way to some higher level thinking. Mm -hmm. So how can I protect my brand? How can I protect my brand? Because there there was a real potential for brand damage. Um, But where it's come to, and this is almost like a dream come true for people in our industry, is that we're now called upon to drive revenue. Uh, our, Our respective professions actually now drive revenue in a way that we were always viewed as a cost. You know, but if you talk to visitors and customers today, they're making revenue decisions based on, based on our work.
0: Which leads me to my uh, second to last question. Don mentioned, and John, you just added to that, that your members came to you and they see what you're doing, what your, your associations are doing, and they're asking for help. Besides asking for help, how did they respond or react to what you did as an association for your members.
2: Don, let's start with you. Sure. Well, I think that the pandemic was a wake up call for the FM community. It was a wake up call because we have a very large group of facility managers that are about to retire and an enormous gap of skill filling in that pipeline. So what FM has done this last, year, year and a half, is really pay more attention to this notion of workforce development. Along with our foundation, we're dedicating resources. We're reaching out to returning military. We're reaching out to VOTEC students. We're reaching out to high school kids about this idea of, of, of an occupation, a career in facility management. Um, it It's quite a daunting story to look at what's happening right now with that with that skill gap so we have a lot of work to do but I'm very proud of our association and that we've identified that as a problem and we're putting our foot to the gas pedal and we're going to affect change there we're going to go out and introduce people to this this idea of an occupation in FM we're going to educate them we're going to certify them and then we're going to find them a job uh, it's, it's a full circle and this is something that a trade association should do. We should do these types of, of items. This this is the work of a trade association and again I'm, I'm so proud of Ithma that we're taking this seriously and leading the way for the FM community.
0: I'm sure many will be very happy to hear that. John what would you say?
1: I mean done probably understands very well that our members aren't shy about emailing us and calling us. When they don't think we're doing it right. Um, and there was a lot of that at the beginning. What are you doing? What's your response? What's your strategy? And it stopped. And it stopped because I think they came to trust that we were doing the right things. Um, the second sort of thing I might point to, Jeff, is your business. Uh, we, we measure everything. And, and Jeff is very articulate about our uh, digital presence. And uh, if you were to compare uh, dig- our digital presence and, and our membership year over year, uh, it is blown up. We are, we are so much more present. And I, I think today that's a really important way to come to understand how your members perceive you. Um, but I think there's a trick, right? The trick is a lot of those folks that came to us aren't members, right? And we got to make them part of the community, and and I know you're involved in some of that some of that thinking, Jeff.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: there, a lot of pain happened, a lot of um, a lot of issues they our members and non-members dealt with, and we were there to help them. Uh, last point to cover in our segment today: take a moment to prognosticate. What does the future look like for the industry? And we'll start with you, Don.
2: Sure. Thanks, Jeff. Well, my, my crystal ball is working sometimes and sometimes it's not. So I'll take it. I'll take a crack at it. Well, I think that if, if anything, um, the pandemic has shown us is this acceleration of FM into the center of this conversation. I see the future uh, of this occupation called facility management to become more and more central in, in the, the management of not only just that that occupied space, but supporting a, a an organization's strategic plan and mission and vision the, the, the this occupation called FM, which has has really changed over the years with the advent of technology and IOT and now sustainability is going to become more of a profession even more than it is now um, we see. A lot of uh, areas within an organization, such as um, human resources, the C-suite, uh, interior design, architecture, construction, they're all starting to realize that FM needs to be at the table, with the with this with at the front of this conversation. Whether it's new construction, where it, whether it's operations and maintenance, or whether it's decommissioning the FM is going to be at the center of this conversation and quite frankly, in the front lines of of executing these strategies. So uh, we we see FM, the future of FM being much more human centric uh, moving forward, meaning that the, the, the responsibility of the FM is going to now include the human more than it ever has before. Thank you.
0: And John, you're going to wrap it up for us. Go ahead. I mean, Jeff, uh,
1: you know, our job, right, is to support the professionals that, that Don's been talking about, right? Because remember what I said earlier, the demand for our service is a derived demand. Um, but I think, you know, cleaning is sort of changed forever, right? We now, uh, people understand how, how important it is, not just to make things pretty, and nice smelling, but to help people remove harmful pathogens from the built environment. That's really the new challenge for the cleaning community. Uh, As far as the outlook, Jeff, the outlook's very good for the cleaning industry because there's been a structural change in the economy. What we do matters uh, like never before. And if you ever get confused about what's important, follow the money because there has been a tremendous amount of investment in this industry, not just in consolidation, but in clean tech. And I think some of the some of the deepest pockets in the private equity world have made it abundantly clear that they think this is a great place for them to invest.
0: Well, gentlemen, keep up the good work and um, thank you so much for your comments today.